This is the podcast. You're welcome. No more context. That's it. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Yesterday, kind of last night on the show, uh, a listener gave us an amazing idea. Uh, we were talking about, um, uh, like, things you do with perfect timing. Yeah. And she phoned in. We're trying to track down her name. can't remember what her name was. <laughs> but she phoned into the show and she said that she had this amazing skill where uh, when she's shredding paper at work, she can do this thing where she knows the exact moment to feed the next bit of paper in so the shredder doesn't stop for any second, which is an amazing thing. And we thought to ourselves there and then, there's a game on home time in this, and that's why we've come up with a little feature called Ultimate Shredding tonight on the show. Now, the irony is, as Bush says, through uh, data protection, we've actually shredded her name. but um, Shredded uh, our memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, an extra piece of equipment has made its way into the studio this evening. An extra microphone has been brought in for this. Uh, we have mic'd up in the corner of the studio a shredder. And, and so the reason why we're doing this now is that we, we respect you guys, the four o'clock guys. Because yeah. normally this is, this is a kind of a weird competition that might be tucked away, say, at half six. But yeah. we know that you guys can handle this. You've got to bear in mind there are people that probably join the show at five o'clock. They do jobs when they can't listen to the radio and they get in the car. But you lot, you're, you're still working. You might be in your office. You might even have a shredder close by. And you'll hear this, hear the drama that's about to ensue and think... This will be a fun little game with my workmates. Uh, so what we've done, we've put quite a big-looking shredder onto the studio table. Uh, against all health and safety uh, regulations, the wire is running from that to the plug on the other side of the wall. Yes, yeah, so kind of like knee height to people. Kind of a trip wire. Yeah. And then uh, we've got one of the microphones stuck into the front of it, the way Slash might have his uh, Fender uh, amplifier mic'd up. Now, so I just put one piece of paper through, and this isn't this isn't the ultimate shredding. That's going to happen next, but just to demonstrate that it's that it's there and everyone's going to hear it. Have a look. Listen to this bit of uh, bit of live shredding for you. This is what we're working with here. Okay. What? See, that's not a sound effect. That's a good bassy rumble and a little light flashing on the set, on the top saying, uh, that's me done, give me some more paper. Yeah, it's quite, what's quite good for us visually as well, and it's the jeopardy for the game that you're about to hear, <laughs> ultimate shredding, only here on Absolute Radio, um, is the shredding's done... But the motor keeps going for a little bit, doesn't it? So you have to work that's, out that's your head. That's the jeopardy. That's the skill that's involved. So this is how it's going to work. Uh, Richie and I are going to go head-to-head, take a turn each. We can see who can do the most uh, sequential sheets of paper yeah. without the shredder, even taking a beat or a pause, and that's your score. And we'll, I'm going to just see who comes out on top. And they are, what, maybe the Lord of the Shred. Yeah, the, uh, that's a working title. A working title. <laughs> At the moment. So, uh, I am poised next door to uh, our first-floor office shredder. Got... Uh, a ream of A4 in front of me, ready to go. How many do you think you can do, just ahead of going in there the first time? I've never worked with this shredder before, so I'm going to say five, because I'll get excited because it'll go well because I'm focused and then I'll lose it. You shred at home, though, don't you? You I shred do. a lot of paper at home. With a noisier, gruntier shredder, I, I have I, I, I don't want to get into it now, but I would say the more you shred at home, the more that there's a bit of a question mark about what you're up to you're up trying in that to get office. into my head. I'm now not listening anymore. <laughs> uh, also, just warning as well, it's quite a latency at the end of the shred. It does go on for a few seconds, yeah. so <laughs> over to you, Richie. Here we go. You ready? Ultimate shredding. Here we go. <laughs> One sheet. Two sheets, seamless, although it's folded over a little bit. Hopes they're not going to be a jam. Three sheets straight in. Four sheets. Hope you're enjoying this at home. <laughs> oh, that fifth one nearly dropped back out again, but he's doing okay. Sheet number six, and it's twisting over. Could that be a jam? But no, it carries on. It's dealt with it. And he's fumbled. <laughs> and it... 
Are you letting that one go? No, producer Adam says no. That one stopped for just a second. <laughs> I wouldn't go in. How many? How many uh, sheets was that? Was that six? I think I got six. six. That's not bad. You, you had a couple that folded. It's difficult, uh, and it's not as easy as it looks. It's is not it? as easy as it looks. What? Uh, what a cliffhanger we leave the listeners on right now. Let us know your thoughts on ultimate shredding. It's never been done before. Eight twelve fifteen to text. I shred next. This is Bush and Rich's daily takeaway. So Richie was shredding, uh, shredding just uh, a few minutes ago. You managed to get six bits of paper in there overall? Uh, yeah, six bits of paper in the shredder without the shredder stopping in any way, shape or form. That's how this is meant to work. Uh, and I think we've had, some, we've had a couple of people getting in touch saying that there might be someone in this going forwards. Ultimate shredding is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard to listen to. Yeah, I'm completely hooked. Make it regular, says Fraser in Epsom. Thank you. Uh, surely the winner should be the master shredder in homage to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is another. I think that today is the beginning of, of something really beautiful. So, But I'm, re- I'm ready to shred and let's just see how this goes, shall we? Okay. Here we go. Starting to shred now. So the thing is you've got to try and get as many bits of paper through seamlessly without the shredder stopping for a second. Oh, that was close. <laughs> Two. Two. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. I think that stopped. You know the producer is also saying the same. I can't, I, I genuinely, I, I'm not just, you know, doing myself down here. I can't do two things at once. <laughs> I, was, I was talking and trying to shred and I can't do it. Too thick. Um, wow, two was That's two only two. Six, two. That's an absolute romp. I've been shredded. <laughs> I've, I get a t-shirt. You don't go away empty-handed. You've been shredded. <laughs> if you've been shredding at home whilst we've been playing, how many have you managed to do? Let us know. <laughs> 8, 12, 15. This is The Daily Takeaway. An unexpected treat for us uh, this evening on the show. Thanks very much to uh, Dave Berry and the team. Uh, the new 1 in 100 game that you would have heard uh, on The Breakfast Show this week. Uh, you have to guess a number between 1 and 100. If you guess the number that is correct, uh, then you win £1,000. Oh. So far, four numbers have been picked uh, this week and they have not been the chosen number. Uh, 25, 74, 55 and 64. Uh, so what Dave has done with these rejected numbers is uh, ordered some Chinese food from his favourite restaurant uh, and we are getting those things delivered this evening. Great. Some wind-dried sausage, wow. some Chinese broccoli, stewed duck's webs hot pot and an eel and bitter melon on rice dessert. Every okay. single one of them sounds like an ailment. <laughs> but it's unexpected. <laughs> It is unexpected. It's nice to have something a little bit different to break up the mundanity sometimes of just the day-to-day working life. We don't expect to have a Chinese takeaway delivered to the studio, do we? did not. Not what we were expecting when we came in today. So, begs the question, have you had something unexpected happen in your life recently? Generally... Unexpected things are good things, I would say. Well, cool, yeah, we want your tales of un- of the unexpected. Also, this is not a good, this is not a positive thing that's unexpected that's happened to right, me. Right, go on. You know, there was a period of time where there was a local fox in the neighbourhood that didn't <laughs> like us and was doing... Um, yes. Doing his business. Dirty protests. Dirty protests on our doorstep. That had stopped, and I thought, that's us done and dusted with it. I went out to do the bins yesterday morning, and I think the same fox or a fox had just done a big wee over the doorstep. <laughs> That was unexpected. <laughs> particularly since I thought that was it and we'd made amends. Do you know what I mean? Uh, unexpected. It's another food one. Could turn out to be a lot nicer than uh, what's going to come very shortly. Uh, one of our neighbours the other day just made a batch of brownies, put it in the group, saying, uh, first come, first served. That was unexpected. What, completely out of the blue? Completely out of the blue. Well, I reckon they're covering up for something there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
That's got that's that's got a whiff of an apology or getting it in there first. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Something to come. I'll let you know. You the, could be right. There's a bit of bad news coming. I'm really sorry. I don't want to put a bad type of twist on that. But there you go. Uh, Terry, what unexpected thing has happened to you? First, well, so I went. I stopped at a burger kiosk this morning. Mm-hmm. Ordered myself a nice um, bacon, egg, and mushroom sandwich. The chef, the the person who wrote the order there, and chef misread it. Thought it said BCM rather than BEM. I got a bacon cheese and mushroom. It was an amazing sandwich, and uh, will be my go-to order from now on. Wow, that's unexpected, isn't <laughs> I'd it? I'd say it is. <laughs> what a turn of events! A sliding doors <laughs> moment, if ever I saw one. There you go. Don't get your BEMs mixed up for your BCMs. <laughs> That's great. So you wouldn't have entertained that in a million years, but by that mistake now, that you your life has changed forever. Yep, that's it. It's, it was a, it was the food gods. The food gods have got involved. That's how that cafe or kiosk is going to bill it from now on. <laughs> Daily takeaway. Daily Victoria has just tweeted us to say, I was driving around to the co-op when BCM Man was on. Now, BCM stands for... Uh, b- b- bacon, cheese and mushroom. This is it. And I'm now buying the ingredients for a BCM to make whilst watching England in the morning. All hail the food gods. Uh, Kevin's hanging on. What was the unexpected thing that happened to you? Well, I was, I was on Blind Date in 2002 with Silla Black. <laughs> what a start to a phone call. <laughs> Luckily, as a, as a picker, Right. So I ended up in Singapore, and I still remember the cameraman's name, Tom, Scottish man, filming the show. The cameraman? Anyway, sorry, that's not what I'd remember about a date in Singapore, <laughs> who the cameraman was, but anyway, carry on. What was your, what was your date's name? Uh, oh, don't blimey, do you know what? The I'm names, right. it's going straight off the top of my head, but I'm actually still in touch with her and went to her wedding. But oh. can't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's focus on the cameraman, Kevin, carry on. <laughs> And um, anyway, we, the show was televised, and uh, me and a friend of mine decided to go to Las Vegas. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking up Vegas Boulevard, and there's a man bent over a television camera. And I said to my friend, I know that man. He went, no, whack, I've shut you before I was mucking about. So I went over, I said, watch this. And it was the same camera, and I come out, I tapped him on the shoulder, and the look on this guy's face. He went, oh, my God, what are you doing here? I went... I've only popped out for a pint of milk. <laughs> <laughs> so you bumped into the cameraman that filmed you all those years ago on that yeah. date in Singapore with the girl you can't remember the name of. Who you been to his wedding? <laughs> Karen, that's it. Hey! hey! Well done. Karen, Karen from Clacton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we never did see him again. I was supposed to meet him for a drink, the cameraman. Yeah. But them hotels are so big. And I've never had his phone number, so I'll never ever see him again. Oh, it might be another few years. You might bump into him <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah, but the, the, the odds on are there. And uh, sorry, while you're on, another thing. Last week, my friend went to uh, a good mate of mine went to um, Spain, Benidorm. Right. Yeah, he sent me a picture. A friend that I was in school with since I was six years old. I haven't seen him for donkey's years. Owns a pub out there, and he bumped into him. Jobs, he chatting. Where'd you come from? And it was my old school friend, is, and that's the reason how I met my wife. Wow. The school friend he bumped into was wow. my wife's cousin. <laughs> you can remember your wife's name, can't you? <laughs> uh, hang on a sec. Yeah, come uh. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 my wife, Kathy, yeah. Oh, Kevin, yeah, lovely to speak to you. You're a proper character. Oh. Have a brilliant rest of your Thursday. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, it was brilliant speaking to you. I've texted a few times. It's been a pleasure. Brilliant show. Thanks, brilliant buddy. Show. I love listening to it. Bye. The Daily Takeaway. 
Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. So there we are. We've been going on for the past hour and a bit about how delighted we are. The Dave Berry Breakfast team have ordered us a surprise treat Chinese takeaway based on the numbers that have been picked this week in Dave Berry's 1 in 100 competition. And it's only now until it's been uh, dropped onto the table in front of us we realise that we might have been stitched up a little bit. Have here. you seen our producer? He's pulled his T-shirt up over his nose. Um, wow. It's... <laughs> So, look, we've div- rather than go through them all, because these are, these are eye-watering meals here, we've divvied two up between us. What are you going to be eating, Richie? Uh, well, I'm not going to lie, I do like a bit of sausage. I heard so that rumour. I am going to have the wind-dried sausage, number 25, that was uh, picked by Barry the Tree Surgeon on Monday in 1 in 100. Uh, Alex, the midwife's uh, suggestion a bit earlier on this morning was number 64, and that's got me eating uh, a, de- a delicacy known as eel and bitter melon on rice. You love a little bit of eel and all that? I'm Well, I don't know. I, I like seafood. Foods, yes, exactly. Oh, that, I remember having jelly deal down the seafront in Leon Sea. Which and, you go on about and you like it. I don't know if I do pie, like it. Pie and liquor, you're always going on about it. I like pie and liquor, but it's only when you're face-to-face with a pint glass <laughs> with eel in it and it's spinal column that you start to think, oh. Tell you what, you go first with the eel. That go on, no, you, just try your sausage first. <laughs> go on, I'll, go, I'll go first with I'll the eel. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do is tip a little bit of... Um, Plum sauce over it because I reckon it might make it nicer. Can I have a look at your sausage from there? I can't see it because the computer's in the way. There you are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, it's just. Uh, Do you know what? It looks like um, you know when they find someone that's been buried from like the Saxon era. Yeah. It looks the the colour of of them then. Oh, a bit fruity. Here we go. A bit of a bit of eel going in. Oh my god. Not an eel again. So should I try the sausage then? If I've done the eel, you've got to do the sausage. It's the deal. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Here we go. Sausage going in. Not not the initial horrendous reaction I was expecting. I'll have a bit more sausage. Oh, he can't get enough. One in 100 returns on the Dayberry Breakfast Show tomorrow. Someone got a J-cloth. I've got all sorts of sausage sauce over Dyson's desk. This is the Daily Takeaway. Home time with Bush and Richie. He's here. Paul White in the studio with a very hard handshake. Do you feel the pressure as a, as a, as a larger guy to have a, a stronger handshake? No. Um, I have a handshake suited, suited, suited for uh, the interaction. Like, uh, oh, you change your handshake based I on do, the, the I do, I do, because, like, some people are very timid. I, like, if I'm going to shake hands with somebody that I know is afraid of me, this is my handshake. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. What's, that, what's the press on that, that Richie? There's it, no pressure, it's just firm. There's no pressure, we're, we're just touching palms, really, aren't we? We're just touching palms. Just yeah. two men touching you know, palms. And then some people do this thing, because they're not used to my they'll shake my fingers, like, just grab my fingers. Yeah. They'll shake my fingers. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> even know? get hold of all of your fingers, by the way. Sometimes to make it smooth, I'll just pull it. Yeah. Your, your tiny little hands next to his big hands, it's like Christmas Day or someone's met Santa. Can I just ask what would be a bad one? A bad hand? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, I don't give do it both barrels. Hands, these cool. are the worst handshakes. These. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like is that strong? Quit mucking. Was <laughs> it what you guys say over here? Mucking about? Yeah. No mucking about. No mucking about. That's kind of PG, right? Mucking about. Mucking about's fine. Yeah, yeah. But you're not mucking about with that handshake. No, that's not. Mucking. You've sent a message to Richie and then though. The about. serious one is this one. It's in. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no mucking about. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, he's just <laughs> pat on the leg. Yeah. Oh, hey, well, you know yeah. what this is? That's a pat to some. You know what this is in America? Go on. It's a horse eating corn. Oh, oh. Oh. 
Can you come in more often, Paul? Because you've absolutely <laughs> owned him already. Eh? You guys, I, I'm full of all up on, uh, on on chicken pie over here. So You're all right that side of the desk. You can ask whatever you want. We've got one of my questions, Tanks. I'm, I'm <laughs> You're in trouble. Here, yeah. Well, Paul, I mean, it's an honour to have you on the show. Uh, Paul you. White, uh, US wrestling legend. Uh, you're here ahead of the AEW All-In extravaganza that's going to hit uh, Wembley Stadium August 27th. We'll talk about that in a minute, but you, you've just come to us from the pub. Yes, I have. The Crown Pub. The Crown Pub. And, and what were you having in the Crown Pub? Then, I had Paul? the chicken pie which they had me at uh, truffle oil in the chicken pie, and it was absolutely <laughs> lovely. And I got to say, I have to defend uh, UK people, English, British people, Londoners. Um, you do have outstanding food. You just have to right. be smart enough to look for it. Okay, I'll tell you that's a compliment. No, yeah. no, 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 because like everybody else is like, oh, well, you know, they don't have anything good over in England. Uh, contraire, to use a French word. Okay. Um, fish and chips, obviously, over here is fantastic. Yeah. You know, you guys set the bar on fish and chips. Thank you. But the whole pie thing, like, I fell in love in Birmingham, England years ago. I was doing an angle with Seamus, and we had a bar fight and a pub fight, and we were there all day. <laughs> and first of all, having a fake fight in a real pub that's got real old hardwood and stone floors is not comfortable. <laughs> like, much, like in America, they have the soft little plaster walls and, you know, the soft little furniture. Like, your guys' pubs are made to withstand a legit brawl. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I bumped my elbow into one of the chairs and, like, I think I broke my elbow on one of it and I just bumped <laughs> into it. Like, the chair was, like, oak from 300 years ago. <laughs> but I was hungry and I was asking the lady, I said, well, you know, I was trying to look for something. She says, oh, have you ever had a, a, a beef pie? I said, no. I think she called it beef and kidney. I was like, kidney? Like, uh. <laughs> She goes, no, it's just beef and gravy and onions, and it comes in a pie crust. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll give it a whirl. Come with mashed peas and um, and some potatoes on the side. I guess you guys call them chips. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, chips. yeah. She brought it over. She let me try it. She says, what do you think? And as soon as I shoved in the second mouthful, I says, I'll take one more. <laughs> so, and I have talked about it with a black pepper gravy that was in it, and I have talked about those pies. Every oh, when you go to England, no, screw the fish and chips. Find a beef pie. That's that's where you want to go. And today at the Crown, uh, I was sold on the truffle oil, so I was a little adventurous and went with a chicken pie, and uh, I made an excellent choice. So, those of you that don't know, a free advertisement for the Crown. Uh, legendary U.S. wrestler Paul White thoroughly endorses the Crown. I had a wonderful ale. Um, and uh, had the uh, chicken pie, and it was a wonderful lunch. Commercial tie-in straight away. We That's don't it. we don't find it hard on uh, on the home time show to talk about food. Um, we're all men of a certain age. Uh, you, you obviously have have had to. Um, I, I don't think you've had. Would to you work. just hurry up and answer the question? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to be dead by the time you get it out. <laughs> Do you find it harder to stay in shape now as as no, as, as you're older? Shape. It's round. It's really. <laughs> um, I think yes. Uh, I'm not even nowhere near anything the size that I used to be. I mean, I was. I know you guys do stone and kilograms over here. So to do the math, uh, my heaviest was 537 pounds, mm. which in U.S. standard measurements, that's like a quarter ton. Wow. So I used to joke and say I was a quarter ton of fun in a minute. I was over a quarter ton. I might use that on LinkedIn. <laughs> but as I got older, um, your body just can't carry that weight. Your joints can't carry it. You hurt more. But you've uh, had a 20-year career in wrestling, getting thrown 20, around. Since 95. So, so you must you, do you carry a lot of injuries? Or do you, your I knees hurt 20, when it's earlier cold? Earlier in my career, no. I, I was doing really good till about 2017. And then the bill came due all at once. 
I had a left hip, then a right hip replacement, and Did you? Uh, then I had a knee replacement this past August. So my that, mum had a hip replacement a couple of months ago, and, and she was awake during the whole thing. I thought you'd knock you out. I wasn't awake. No, I, 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 that's high giant pie time. I make sure they put me out. That's the only time you can like do drugs legally. So you know, I want to make sure I'm I'm talking to Jimi Hendrix, and I'm, I want to be on a different plane of existence because you know the rest of the world. You have, the rest of the time you have to be responsible and all that stuff. But like in a hospital, I think if you're going to get blasted high. Hospital's a place to do it. Because <laughs> if you screw up, hey, they're there to take care of it. So might as well be high giant pie. August 27th, Wembley Stadium. Yes. Massively exciting. Are you aware this is the first pro wrestling at Wembley Stadium for 30 years? I, I cherish I the know. British wrestling scene of the oh, of yes. the 80s and Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. How aware are you, first of all, of, of, of that? For us as kids... Big Daddy was, was the man amazing. every Saturday, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I'm very, very good friends with uh, with William Regal. Mm-hmm. And I've heard uh, so many stories from him about Big Daddy and Haystacks and, and uh, him starting out at 14 years old wrestling in carnivals and uh, would wear a mask as a bad guy so that the bad guys could leave and... So much history. I've talked to Seamus and Drew McIntyre and all the trips up and down the highways and stuff here. And you can tell that the UK um, is the most passionate, insane lunatics fans anywhere in the world. Oh, amazing. Mm. I'm telling you, when I first signed with AEW, my first conversation with Tony Khan, before my contract was even inked, we were in the middle of negotiating what I could do for AEW and what AEW could do for me. We're in that, that courtship phase of doing a contract. I said, I'm telling you, Tony, one thing that I want for AEW, I want for our younger talent, we have to set a strong presence in the UK. Our talent needs to experience it. There is nothing like, and this is where my ambitions were, there's nothing like working in front of a capacity crowd at O2 Arena. Right. You can't beat it. I mean, I was over there one year as a bad guy, and everybody in O2 Arena was chanting, you fat <laughs> And it was wonderful. I mean, I Welcome to England, Paul. You fat <laughs> You fat And I'm like, oh my God, I love you people. <laughs> You're making my job so easy. But I come back a year later, I'm a good guy. Oh, wow. This is awesome. You still Same got song. it. You very know what fickle, I mean? very but, fickle. No, they're not, but they're with the character. They're involved. I mean... The, the times that we go, like, you know, from to London, to Manchester, to Sheffield, to Birmingham, uh, the whole road trips over here in England, you'd have 150, 200 cars following the buses to go mm. to the next shows. Wow. I well, mean, that kind of dedication is unreal. It's, like, it's almost like being a rock star. So we had Stephen Merchant on the show who directed the movie Fighting With My Family about Paige. Yes, so obviously, yes. So, yeah, I, I met Stephen. Yeah, yeah, Stephen, yeah. Great he's guy. a great guy. 6'10". I, yeah, he's, he's, is he taller than a No, he's not taller than me, but he is tall. He looks taller. He does look taller. He does. The he he's taller. got a bit of filling out to do. I he say has that a little much. bit. There's you a know, few there's more a pies. small world. Uh, for my TV show that I was doing, uh, my Netflix show, it was almost down to the lady that I cast and Stephen's wife almost played my wife on my Netflix show, the big show show. Oh, wow. Like, so it small was world. really, really close, but it was, it was a, the decision was above my pay grade. So can a British kid who's going to watch you uh, at Wembley in August, is there a chance of them ending up as, as a pro wrestler, do you think? And how does it work? 100%. 100%. That's where we all started. We all started as fans. Right. You, you know, I mean, there are some people that get older in life that... You know, they did other sports, they did other things, and then they happened upon wrestling and they happened to be good at it. But, no, there is a direct correlation between being a lifelong fan 
and becoming successful in our industry. Because to be successful in our business, there's so many nuances in being a, an elite pro wrestler that you need to absorb it. That's why you see a lot of your second generation and third generation wrestlers are so much better right. from the start because they've been around it. They've absorbed it. They understand the mentality. You understand as a pro wrestler, you're going to miss holidays, anniversaries, birthdays. You're going to make a lot of sacrifices. You're going to put your body through hell. But that being aside, you're going to travel the world. You're going to meet fans. You're going to make relationships with fans. Uh, I've got relationships with fans over here that I've had for over 25 years people that are friends that I look forward to seeing, yeah. you know, and the only time I see them is when I come over here to wrestle or back in the day when they would come over to the States to see us uh, do our big events over there. So those kind of relationships are what it takes to be successful in this business because no other industry, I don't care if it's football, if it's basketball, baseball, you're not going to have the relationship with your fans that your fans have with your pro wrestlers because mm. there is a pro wrestler, male or female, for almost everyone watching the program, someone that they identify with. Yeah. Whether it's a bigger guy, whether it's a smaller guy, whether it's a tough girl, whether it's a cocky girl, there's always someone for someone to identify with. And AEW's got a great roster, a very inclusive roster of multitude of personalities to pick from. Uh, when you come back next time, and we obviously you said you if you to... want me back, you might not want we me want back. We want you back because we've got a great idea for you. Well, I, I you got say. a great idea. Yeah. I always love it when non-wrestling people have a great idea for me. <laughs> okay, you're going to pick this person up over your head. Won't that be funny? Like, no, it's not. It's, no, I do that for a living. It's not a move. It's 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 a venue because you said you wanted to come and do the O2, and yeah. here you are now doing Wembley. We're Stadium, doing Wembley, which is bigger right. by four times. You did Paul the math White, on that. I, I did. Oh, I, you, you surprised. You're sharp. Thank you. Yes. Are you aware? Just off the UK coast, there is the Isle of Wight. You know, I am. And do you know why? Go on. To try to tell, which is really bad in the US because people don't know geography. <laughs> but when I try to tell them how to spell my name, they'll say, "Oh, hello, Mr. Wright." I said, "No, no, it's White. It's W I G H T, like the Isle of Wight off the coast of England." Oh. And uh, they go, uh, so they'll go, oh. Why? W-I-G-H-T. And I'll say, yes, that's right. They'll go, right? I said, no, no, no. W-I-G-H-T is, is correct. So, and then sometimes I've thrown that little, like, the Isle of Wight off the coast of England. I said, oh, are you from there? And I'm like... <laughs> Who'd have thought it played I, such I'm a big part? I'm from South Carolina, but then I'll go, well, yeah, the story goes in my family lineage that we pretty, pretty much own the island, we raised the taxes, and they kicked our ass and threw us off. So... <laughs> You know, they go, oh, oh, and they'll just, I'm just like, God bless you, like, you know. <laughs> Did you have a venue you. in mind for the Isle of Wight, or just to just... What is the Isle of Wight? Uh, say again? I know the island, but what do you want to do on the Isle well, of Wight? Well, I reckon we got the Isle of Wight Festival, uh, if it's big yeah. enough for a, West, uh, a festival in history, Jimi Hendrix and what's all that the, kind of thing. What's the Isle of Wight Festival? Jimi Hendrix was there back in the day, 60,000 people, guitar. yeah. I, I know that, but I can't sing. No, I know, but you've got you've got the venue there. If you've got 60,000 people at a festival, you could have all those people, big outside wrestling event. Okay, well, it's hard to light it. It's hard to do the sound. It's hard He's to not thought it through, is he, Paul? <laughs> no, I'm going to get one of those bone-crushing uh, knee you know. things again now. <laughs> no, you want... I mean, you know, I, I kind of like the idea where everybody gets a good seat, like, you know. 
He's not thought it through. Give me a little knee grab again there, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horses and corn! There he goes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Wasn't as painful that time. Paul, yeah. I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons. And no it was a, way! It was amazing to discover that you played Dungeons and Dragons as well. I, I seen a, a video of you playing... I guy out, didn't I? Well, Tom, is it Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine yes, you're playing sir. with? And Vince Vaughn. Yes, sir. I, I would never expect you to play and Dungeons Jack and Dragons. And Jack Black. And Jack Black as well. And um, Patton Oswalt. Amazing. Uh, Dan Weiss, director of Game of Thrones. Um, Do you have a character? Could you tell us about your character? My character? Yes. I, dude, I will talk D&D all day long. I am a D&D nerd. Um, my character is an eldritch knight. Right. But uh, it's a special character that was made uh, by Mike Merles, who, from the Dark Sun universe, I'm a half stone giant. Okay. So um, my character is about 13 feet tall and around six, 700 pounds. Okay. So um, my character is basically what you would call an OP tank. So uh, I have a high hit points and I deal a lot of damage. My shoulder pauldron <laughs> is a triceratops skull. That's As, how big it is. It, it, of course. But my character also, we put a little flavor in because Joe Magniello, my, my DM, um, I had died in a really heavy battle and, of course, I was waiting to be resurrected, but one of our wizards dropped a 7th <laughs> or 8th level fireball, fireball, but I was in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. So he says, hey, do you want to do a little flavor with your character? I said, well, well, what do you got in mind? He says, the side that was up will burn like Two-Face, and then you'll be Brulock twice burned. Love no, this. Brulock half burned. Brulock half burned. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so my action figure, which I have my own action figure, you can get it at Death Saves, if you go to deathsaves.com in the States, you can see my little mini, Brulock. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's half-burning. It's freaking awesome. I think I Richie's it. contemplating getting into Dungeons and & Dragons after this. No, I, I'm contemplating the fact that I got a knee clench for suggesting an Isle of Wight wrestling festival. <laughs> uh, and, and three minutes of uh, Dungeons & Dragons chat has just happened. I've no idea what's just going on. It's, it changed your life. Well, I, here's the thing. Like, I was big into video games for a while. Yep. And I was really big into Destiny. I played a lot of Destiny in the video game, which... You know, it turned into a relationship for me. It was like four or five hours every day. I got to run the bounties. I got to do the weekly raid. I got to do the daily, you know, and I'm like, so then I got out of video games. I'm like, come on, you need to do something more with your brain, believe it or not, instead of sit there and toggle away. So then I got invited by Joe Magniello to play in that tournament, and I played as a kid and forgot about it. Yeah. I haven't played since I was 11 years old, and then now to play with a group of adults that I play with that are all performers, that are all tremendously involved in D&D. I mean, Jack Black um, plays a dwarf bard <laughs> named Barolo, <laughs> who is the absolute most entertaining thing you have ever seen in your life, because he'll sing some of the songs, and he's got this Barolo character. And I find myself playing the game, but I'm in love with the characters. like. I don't even call some of the guys by their names. I call them by their character name, like when we're hanging around. Uh, Amazing. Vince Vaughn, super intelligent guy. Pretty sure he's got a photographic memory because I've seen him quote some stuff from the D&D handbook. As I'm reading it on my phone, he's spitting it out just wow. off the cuff. And I'm like, you even put the the in the right place, like... So, yeah, that's it's amazing. Yeah. What a gaming group that is. It's a good gaming group. The thing is, for all of us, we're all successful in our, our own areas of lives. But this is the thing, look, we're not out in the bars, we're not drunk, we're not raising hell, we're not doing anything Keeps bad. you out of trouble. Keeps us out of trouble, and we all have fun. We went to the, actually, we went to the D&D convention a few months ago um, uh, in uh, Wisconsin. 
we went to the to the um, was it Gary Kong? I can't remember the name of it now, but we went there for four days and played some D and D games, played some other role playing games. Um, just had a lot of fun being immersed in that environment, and it's a very welcoming environment too. Because even though obviously we're all pretty famous and nobody hassled us for pictures or autographs, I mean a couple here and there, but it wasn't like a regular onslaught. It was they were just all really happy that we were into gaming like like they are and we were treated like regular players. It's so. amazing. Well, I, I, it's great for your imagination. I hugely recommend it. Uh, you promised us on the way in just after you'd had your pie, uh, Paul, that you did have a bit of a scoop for the hometime show ahead of the big event uh, I do in, have in a little scoop, but you blew the entire pitch on it because I was like, you bring up the scoop, then I'll ask you where you got the scoop from. <laughs> oh, I see. So, okay. So this is about as well, I, well I, I thought Captain Insano could debut at my Isle of Wight Festival. Well, Captain Insano better be out a lot before your Isle of Wight festival. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Captain Insano will be debuting at Wembley. So that's what we're hoping the scoop is. So right now, uh, I mean, you know, here's the thing. We've sold all those tickets, and we haven't advertised a card. That's how strong the AEW brand is here. Amazing. Um, and I am super proud of, of our company. I'm proud of Tony Khan. I'm proud of the talent that has been on TV that has... Uh, put those ratings in the bank and made this possible. And I think these guys and gals are going to have one of the most tremendous wrestling experiences ever. Like, there are moments in time in wrestling. Like, over here, you guys talk about the 92 Survivor Series. That's a big moment in time here. Like, they talk in the U.S. of Pontiac Silverdome and then Dallas, Texas, 101,000, 103,000. There are all these moments where things have happened. For AEW to come to the U.K., to perform in the U.K., and to pretty much we're almost sold out at Wembley. So if there's a ticket left, you want to grab it because this is a moment in time you're not going to want to miss if you're a wrestling fan. So, uh, and I understand the entire weekend has a lot of stuff going on wrestling-oriented. So for the fans in the U.K., hopefully this will also create a lot of business for local businesses, the pubs, you know, hotels and stuff chicken like that. Chicken pies. Well, well, let's, the let's, let's not let the chicken pie thing get up because I want to be able to get one. So. <laughs> uh, well, it's, an, it's been brilliant having you on the show. We could chat to you for ages. Such an interesting you guys guy. Are amazing. Thank you for having me. I know I'm a little all over the place, but I'm just, uh, I just actually had gone over and done a walk through a Wembley arena just to kind of soak it in a little bit and did a little interview with BBC and man, I'm telling you, I, w- I wish the show was tonight. That's how excited I am to come over because <laughs> so it's just going to be it's going to be insane. I worked at a coliseum in France that was built years ago, like 300 AD by the Romans or something. They had real matches in it. They used it for a hospice um, during the plague. They used it as a fort to hide during they got invaded by another town. Oh, wow. So we had a match there, and it was myself versus uh, Mark Calloway, formerly known as The Undertaker. And we had about a 30-minute match, but it was the most incredible environment. Nowhere near as many people. Maybe 10, 11, 12,000 people, whatever it was. But the environment was like, wow, this is this is rabbit. O2 Arena, that environment is rabid. Mm. Yeah. And I got to thinking today about what Wembley's going to be like. Rabid, the insanity of those fans, how crazy. This is an experience you don't want to miss. Like, I mean, I'm not going to miss it, even if i got to buy my own damn ticket to get over there. <laughs> well, I know how important this Wembley show is, and you don't want to miss this. This is a moment in time. It's going to be amazing. Get your tickets now, August 27. Put it in your diary. Paul White, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Horse eating corn! Go on! <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. And that was the podcast. You're welcome. Can we just let you know, our producer told us to not say much at the beginning or end of the podcast today. So essentially, the brevity was petulance.